Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. Thanks for coming. Today on the big show, why at times my longing for God can be a huge pain in the ass. Uh, because it can be. Um, so stay with me for that. I just, I wanted to touch base real quickly with what's happening in our country as we get closer to the election. I urge everybody to understand that we're not just seeking relief for one side or the other. In other words, if that guy gets in or that guy gets in, uh, we're going to be okay. We have to center ourselves in love. We have to center ourselves in the work of peacemaking. And there's really not a lot of peacemaking going on. There, there is, there's not one or two or three or a group of people that are really making full-out effort for peacemaking. I know there, I know there are. I'm, not, I'm just kind of generally sweeping the landscape. We really need peacemakers. I consider everybody a peacemaker, just like I would consider everybody a spiritual director at some level, because we have the ability to deeply listen to what's going on in our hearts, but also the ability to deeply listen to what's going on in other people's hearts, as, as, as well as cueing in on what God is saying. God speaks all the time. The divine speaks all the time. Uh, never not speaking. And you can easily get that through the natural world or a loving relationship or a non-loving relationship for that matter, a study of any kind of wonderful wisdom, tradition, people. Um, but we need peacemakers. And if you are oppositionally trained right now, in other words, you're pointing at a target, I'm going to ask you to put your weapon down, whatever your weapon of choice is, whether it's your words, whether it's your keyboard, whether it's your political sign uh, boldly placed at the end of your driveway, I'm going to ask you to to step away uh, and really consider where are you at, where, where are you at, where are you at when it comes to peacemaking. We need peacemakers. That's my, uh, that's my little introduction today. Um, if you want to talk about peacemaking, uh, feel free to call me, uh, and, uh, and we can, we can talk about that. Cause I know there's a lot of people that are just concerned about the, the, the general chaos that's, uh, that is going on, has been going on. And no doubt the closer to the election we get is going to ramp up like crazy. Okay. Um, that's that. If you need me, I'm jr at jrman.com, jr at jrmahon.com, or just go to jrman.com and you can find my number there. Uh, and you can text me. I'll text back. I'll answer the phone too. If I'm not doing this or I'm not talking to somebody else, I'll, I'll answer. I'll go, hello. And we can go from there. Okay. So, um, I wrote, um, I wrote something the other day that I called, uh, um, my longing to know God can be a pain in the ass. So, you know, at this point, I'm super comfortable with myself, too, by the way. It's taken me a long time to get here. So for those of you who feel the uh, need to write me and, and ask me, why do you talk about God uh, and cuss, um, I'm just super comfortable with myself. And I'm a normal guy. I'm just like a regular. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you hear me say that. I'm a regular guy just like you. And I get our movement when it comes to listening to God. I'm not a seminary trained anything. Uh, I'm a street theologian at the end of the day. And it, like I say, I'm super comfortable with myself. And I'm super comfortable with this idea that you, just like me, 
we we have this longing, this deep longing in us to receive and give love, and that that longing is really this appreciation that we have to get um, close to God, to the divine. Now, how you want to split hairs with that is your business, and I'm not gonna get in your business because yeah, that's not my business. <laughs> My business uh, is what I'm going to do today um, in the knowing that you probably reflect a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about today uh, because I'm a regular guy and, uh, and that's just how it goes. The drilling down to understanding humanity um, is at the end of the day what I really feel I'm really good at and I listen to myself. And as I listen to myself and I listen to my heart speak or I listen to how my heart hears, which is, there's two different things there, right? How is your heart speaking and how is your heart hearing? And that's why I wrote what I wrote the other day about how my longing can be a big pain in the ass. And I'll explain that. Because at times my longing to know God can be super, super difficult, just like it can be for you. It can be confusing. Ultimately, today I'm going to talk about contemplation. Because contemplation is going to help you rest. Contemplation is going to right some of this ship. Contemplation is going to help end some of the confusion. Contemplation is going to take a lot of garbage off the table for you when it comes to right, wrong, up, down of any wisdom tradition you're in, any religious body that you're in right now. So for the record, let's just do contemplation and what it is. So contemplation, the definition is the, the action of looking thoughtfully at uh, at something for a long time. <clears throat> Similar words, right? Examination, inspection, observation, survey, study, staring at it, g- gazing at it, eyeing it. So your longing for God can be super confusing, difficult, wandering. A lot of times we don't want to talk about it. A lot of times we don't have words for it. A lot of times it can be held in a song or a piece of scripture or a cool book we've read or maybe a relationship with a friend or a spouse. But still the longing sits deep in in us. And sometimes we may not even recognize it, right? This idea of wokeness, for example. Like, what are we awakening to? It's new consciousness, new awareness. I would hope that it'd be God consciousness, right? This idea that we're not just simply alone, we're, we're not siloed or island up and away from everybody or even the world or the universe, or the cosmos at large. So our longing sometimes can be all those things, and, and, and it could be unknown. But I want you, again, contemplation, the idea of staring at it, staring into it, eyeing it, deeply thinking about it, is going to help take some of the burden off of this longing. It's not that God is... Hard to see, hear, or experience. In fact, quite the opposite. God speaks all the time. Never not speaking. You you just got to go to the natural world real quickly. How about a sunset? Just do the sunset real quick. When's the last time you drove to see the sunset or walked over to see the sunset? When we were living in Southern California, it was right down to the beach sometimes every night. We'd walk down two, three, four, five blocks, boom, on the beach, and everybody when that sun would get right on the horizon of the ocean. That little ball drops into the into the water. Nobody was talking. Like, you know, you'd look around on the wall where we would sit over the beach. Hundreds of people lined up. Nobody's talking. You're in awe watching this. And you've seen this a billion times. 
but it's so beautiful, so incredibly, enormously wonderful and awesome, and it makes you feel and emote. That's God speaking. <laughs> that is literally the divine speaking. Not only with you as you join creation, as it does that every day, because you join with it, you observe it, you're in it, you're a part of it, but also you're joined with other people enjoying it, joining with it, joining you, you joining them. But also you drive away going, let's do that again tomorrow. That is divine movement. So the divine's not hard to see, hard to hear, hard to experience. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm just giving you one example in the natural world. How about a relationship you have, right? How about a relationship? How about somebody you love? Somebody that you crave to see, crave to talk to, crave to hang out with. Same thing, y'all. That little spirit, the divine movement inside of you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna necessarily define it. It just is. This is God speaking. <laughs> the incredible need to open up my heart is the longing. Okay? So the need to open up my heart, the need to really hear it, see it, seek it, make it bigger. That is the longing. And that desire leads to all kinds of roads that eventually will shred the ego. Ego, this idea that I don't need God. Ego, this idea that I can do everything by myself. This idea that I can be the best, number one, get out of my way. This idea that if I don't self-protect, I'm screwed. This idea that I don't need God. The 12-step programs, all you AAers out there, you NAers out there, you OAers out there, you know God by its acronym, E-G-O, easing God out. Isn't that great? Use that, tattoo that sucker, put that on a note somewhere and hang it on a fridge. The incredible need to open up my heart is the longing, and that desire leads to all kinds of roads that will sh shed the ego and come at the great cost of intentional suffering. So there's this idea of intentional suffering. I am not, this is not mine. This is somebody else's great stuff. It goes back many, many years to a bunch of different uh, spiritual philosopher type of guys. Um, if you're, uh, if you've been following me, you know, I read Cynthia Bourgeau and I go to Cynthia Bourgeau, uh, retreats and consider her, um, you know, a mild teacher, if you will. Um, and she talks a lot about intentional suffering. Um, in fact, I'm reading a book right now. Hold on. I got it right here. Hold on. I'm reading, I'm reading her latest book called I have the heart. Um, in it, she references intentional suffering. Basically, the idea in intentional suffering is it leads to being a conduit of love. And you do that very intentionally through suffering. The shredding of the ego and the great cost of intentional suffering is part of this idea of opening heart and touching the divine. So without the shred of the ego... Without the act of intentional suffering, and we can talk about intentional suffering another time, but both those things are very necessary to really, really get into the understanding that as you open up your heart, you will start to chase God like there's no tomorrow. And again, I'm not talking about you wearing robes and standing out in the front of, of you know a parking lot with a sign. I'm talking about being a regular guy, regular woman, and just loving Loving God, loving the divine, 
loving the idea that you are beloved. That's it. Keeping it super, super simple. The ability to lose your life as you become a fostering agent of love to those in front of you, again, is directly, directly predicated on how much of that shredding of the ego and that great intentional suffering is going to be. But that's the pain in the ass. The intentional shredding of the, uh, of su- the intentional suffering and the shredding of the ego is the pain in the ass at the end of the day because you got to deal with yourself. You've got to look squarely in the mirror, take away your cultural assumptions, all your judgments, not all your judgments, but I mean, you've got to understand you judge. You got to understand that there's cultural assumptions in your life. You got to understand that you might be weighted by ideology. You might be weighted by the religious dogmatic thinking. You may be weighted by abuse and trauma, but you got to do that work in the mirror. That's the pain in the ass because you're going to have to shred your ego. You're going to have to deal with your fear. And ultimately, you you will on you you will have to understand how suffering really it really does move the ball down the field. But contemplation, like I said earlier, helps you rest. So if you're in a state right now, like I get a lot of people like, hey, how do I get on this journey? Like, what book do I read? What what uh, retreat do I go to? What seminar do I go to? Is there something online? What can I read? What can I listen to? Yes, I like that book, but is it on Audible? <laughs> what can I pray? Should I read the Quran? Should I read the Bible? Should I read the Torah? Should I read Hindu? Should I read some Sanskrit? There, there's all these things. And a guy like me comes along and says, yo, let's just learn to listen first to the heart. Let's learn to listen to how it speaks and how it hears. Well, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Well, contemplation eases you into a unit of consciousness that reassures you that you're joined to the universe without the need to perform. Your longing, your longing at that point isn't you building the next great movement, nonprofit, or write the next great best-selling spiritual manifesto. Your, your longing just becomes the idea of you really understanding that you and God connect already in you, that he's in you, you're in him. She's in you, you're in her. Did you just call God a woman again? Stop doing that. <laughs> God is seen as woman and man and friend, so everybody calm down. <laughs> Again, these would be points that we need to walk away from a little bit. So contemplation eases you into a unit of conscience. What do I mean by that? Well, the more you start to really understand who you are as you sit in some silence or you do some contemplative prayer or you learn to meditate or you learn to do some study and then think on the study or just be curious about what's happening inside of you, the more you do that, the more you start to understand we are all the damn same. We're all the same. We are wonderfully created in love by a wonderful, wonderful God who loves us. Yes, there's some individual talents. Of course there are. I'm not going to take anybody's individuality away because I know everybody will go crazy and start a group. What I'm trying to get you to understand is your longing's my longing. Just like we sit on that wall and watch the sunset and not talk, but take in the awe. 
We take in the awe once we really start to listen contemplatively to what's happening to our heart. What is the heart? Oh my gosh, we'd have to do another podcast there, right? Call it soul, call it center, call it love, call it heart. In you, there's longing, a desire to be loved and to love. So what, like start there, start there, sit in a chair. Like what, what, what are we going to do? What, what are you going to do? <laughs> sit in a chair. What do you love? What do you want to love? What do you want to love you? How do you love? How do you stop love? So contemplation helps you rest. Contemplation leads to a better understanding of your longing to be loved and to love without worry or dogmatic approach. Do you worry as you love or do you or do you love and worry? Do you worry and love? And you know what I'm talking about here. It's like every move you make has got to be the right move. Well, if I do this, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should do this. I'm telling you, as you learn to love yourself, you learn to love God, you learn to love community, your senses of like this pull and trigger on right or wrong will literally dissipate and go away. Because your life isn't going to just simply be about maybe I'm going to make a wrong decision. It's going to be how you enjoy the journey, even if you F up and you make the wrong decision. Should I take that job? Should I move there? Should I date her? Should I date him? Should I read that? I'm afraid if I read that, the devil will come get me. <laughs> Contemplation leads to a better understanding of your longing to be loved and to love without worry or dogmatic approach. Remember what I said about contemplation. We're talking about examination, inspection, observation, surveying, studying, Staring at something, gazing at something, eyeing it, taking a look. Deep, reflective thoughts. So we turn to contemplative practices at the end of the day. The American church would do really well to start teaching some contemplative practices. But most people on this side of the world, in the Christian subculture anyway, think that everything I'm talking about is new age. When in fact everything I'm talking about comes out of you know, the second, third century desert fathers, northern Africa, with people hiding out in caves. <laughs> I'm not saying anything new is my point. My point is we got to learn to listen to what's going on inside of us. And contemplative practices do that. Breath prayer, centering prayer, stillness, silence, work, service, lectio, holy, holy reading. I'm a huge fan of centering prayer, and uh, I'm not going to get into centering prayer right now. Suffice it to say, if you Google centering prayer, there'll be a bunch of stuff that comes up that you can start diving in. I'm a big breath prayer guy. The breathing in and exhaling of your breath and putting words on top of the breathing. It's a wonderful practice to calm, to center, to think, to study, to look I love my stillness and silence. My People ask me about my spiritual practice, my contemplative movement, my contemplative practices. I basically have a morning routine. Again, regular guy. I get up in the morning. Depends between 6 and 8, depending on my day. Uh, 
uh, I hit my office. I have an office, which is also the retreat center. So if you come, you know I've been in here contemplatively practicing. <laughs> and I do things like read and study and then sit in some sil- uh, silence or stillness or center pra- uh, or centering prayer or breath prayer in my morning routine. But the anchor point for mine is always stillness. What's the difference between silence and stillness? Well, really nothing. <laughs> One may, may be a little bit more intentional than the other. Whereas my silence won't involve any um, uh, outside influences, music, uh, you know, whatever. My stillness could involve music. My stillness could involve uh, listening uh, to a, a, a meditative, you know, some kind of a, a meditation that's being led. Whereas my silence is going to really be silence. It's going to be me blocking out the world and an environment that can really take on and wrap itself in silence. But stillness is my anchoring point. And I love my stillness in the morning. And uh, for example, this morning uh, I was in two books. And when I got done reading, I took 10, 15 minutes to really stare at and gaze at and think on the things that I read. Some of the things I read I thought were bullshit. Some of the things I read I thought were really right on center and perfect uh, and perfect for me for what's going on in my own life with my kids and my wife, the ministry that I lead, the things that surround me. Again, I just want you to know that your longing for God, your longing for the divine is real. As you get into it, it will become a pain in the butt. It will become this idea that you're shredding ego. It will become this idea that um, you are moving into intentional suffering, the ability to become a conduit of love, the, uh, the ability to really put yourself aside for other people. And again, I'm not talking about being a doormat. I'm not talking about becoming Gandhi or Sister Teresa, although that's a thing. People have done that type of thing. If you're regular like me, I'm talking about loving your wife, loving your children, stepping, sidestepping your needs sometimes in order for others to grow in their own understanding of love. That's what I'm talking about. So contemplation, if you want to know more about contemplative movement, uh, I'm a spiritual director, and that's kind of what I do. So I'm jr at jrman.com, jr at jrman.com, um, if you, if you want to get into that. Bottom line, y'all, bottom line, deep reflective thought on your longing and your chase for God. Allow it, make it happen. It can be in the car, it can be walking, it can be you sitting on the couch in the morning, it can be you in the shower, it can be you at work daydreaming, it can be you in that fifth meeting, Zoom meeting of the day, and just literally drowning out who's ever talking and just getting into some of the heavier movements of your heart. All right, I love you good people. Uh, I'm jrjrman.com, jrmahon.com. If you want a great place to stick your cash, and I know some of you um, 
uh, are always looking to support somebody or something. Um, and I run Tabletop. Uh, it's called Tabletop Ministries, and we provide spiritual direction absolutely free for those who can't afford traditional levels of therapy or counseling. We believe in the work, uh, and the work is really great. Basically, we help people transform um, and transition. We need your support. So if you can uh, hit us with a monthly donation, that would be huge. You go to tabletopministries.online, tabletopministries.online, and uh, again, 20 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. Anything will do. Um, since COVID really opened up, Tabletop has swelled with, uh, with clients, and we are appreciative of all of them. But I say our work does need support. Um, and we, we thank everybody uh, who supports the ministry. We really do. It means a lot to us to be able to do this work. If you need a spiritual director, uh, all my names and numbers are everywhere uh, that you find me, uh, and that'd be fantastic. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being on on, on, on board with my journey, and uh, I appreciate you, and I, and I love you at the end of the day. And it, like I say, it's taken me a long time to get this comfortable with who I am, and you are part of that. So I appreciate that, and we'll talk next week. <laughs>